Well, welcome to the morning service. And you'll recall that last week we started on Mark's of the new birth as found in 1 John. We considered three of these. We considered the mark of spiritual deportment. That is, we have the fruits of the Spirit and we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. And because we have that imputed to us, then we do the works of righteousness. We saw the mark of spiritual desire. We desire the word and not the world. We look into the word and fed by it. And we, the, the old habits, the old desires that we had fade away, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, the songwriter wrote. We looked at the third mark of a spiritual life, and that was a spiritual disposition. And that disposition is none other than love. There's faith, hope, and love, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, but the greatest of these is love. Now, that's not the worldly love. The world is so used to describing love in sentimental terms. God's love is sacrificial love, and that's the love that as Christians we ought. It's a disciplining love. It's a love that will love in spite of the treatment it receives. Even as Christ bore our sins in his own body on the tree, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so we move on to the fourth mark of new birth, and that is the mark of spiritual discernment. And we turn to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Now, we're going to be sharing two verses or two sets of verses in these first two points. And so verse 1 of chapter 5, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot him loveth him also that is begotten of him. And so a mark of spiritual discernment. And you might say, well, that's hard to find in that verse. Well, we love them that are begotten of him. And we know who they are. We discern who the true ones, the true believing people are. And then in chapter 4, verses 1 and 3, we read, Beloved, believe not every spirit, But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And so this is discernment of people, because many false prophets with false spirits have gone out into the world. And it's not like we're looking for a spirit to judge them and discern them. It's looking at the spirit of the person, as in the false prophets. By this, in verse 2, Know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, of which ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. So we've been told here a mark of spiritual new birth is that we can have discernment on these things. We just don't go along with any and all. From the beginning, 
of our Christian life, being born again, we have Christian characteristics. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read in verse 42 and following, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption, it is sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual. There's the natural and the spiritual. And we are given to discern the difference in people. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That's the natural. And the last Adam, the Lord Jesus, made a quickening spirit, the spiritual. Um, now that was not first in verse 46 of 1 Corinthians 15, which was spiritual, but that which was natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly, and the second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they that are earthy. As is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. So there's earthy and heavenly-minded people. And we are to have a discernment there. Even if one calls themselves a Christian, that doesn't mean they're a Christian. <laughs> they need to have the mark of new birth and we need to be able to discern that. As you have borne the image, verse 49, as you have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. And so we can discern there's heavenly characteristics, there's earthly characteristics, there's spiritual characteristics and essential characteristics in people. And also, because we are citizens... We're citizens down here and we are, we are to obey and we have responsibilities toward the government, toward the earthly leadership. Romans 13 and verses 1 to 7 speak very plainly about that. So also we have citizenship in heaven with responsibilities and obligations. And we read about these responsibilities and obligations in Ephesians chapter 1. I mean 5 and verse 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Saviour. And so we have these characteristics, and we should be able to discern if others have that. And notice here, we shouldn't have this, but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If a person calls himself a Christian, and talks what they used to talk, and talks about what they used to talk about, and uh, goes places and eats things and dresses like the world... They're not a Christian. We have changed. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're waiting for the Lord from heaven to take us there. Let no man deceive you with vain words, it says in verse 6. For because of those things cometh the wrath of God, the things we've just, uh, Paul just talked about in the previous verses. These, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. 
Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye are, were at sometimes darkness, now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. So there needs to be that spiritual discernment in our life. The marks of the new birth will show. You know, I know some that call themselves Christians and they tell off-colour jokes. And I, heard, I, know, I know of one person that did that deliberately to see how others would respond, whether they'd laugh to those off-colour jokes. And they were saying, well, I'm just working out whether they're Christians. No, you don't say it and you don't laugh at it. It's not for the Christian. And um, you might be caught off guard at times, but be on your guard, be discerning. Be discerning with regards to spiritual Maturity in First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three, verses one to three we read, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid meat or meat, for this time ye were not able to bear it. Neither are ye now able, and that was a rebuke to the Corinthians. They were carnal Christians they were like spiritual babies ye are yet carnal whereas there is among you envy and strife and division that's the old man that's the old person that's the non-Christian and then there were divisions among you are you not carnal and walk as men now so so many today have no spiritual discernment and the trouble is it's creeping into Christian circles too they're like babies they pick up anything and eat it. I remember when you had children or have children or have seen other people's children, you put them down outside and they'll eat dirt, they'll eat worms, they'll eat bugs, they'll, eat, they'll put any, they'll try anything. Uh, blow, uh, inside, you've sprayed the blowfly down on the floor and in goes the blowfly too. Yuck. We had one time a, a dog, that was the first dog we had in our house, or not in our house, in the yard. It tried to get in the house. <laughs> but it, it found a packet of fish hooks, small fish hooks, and, swallowed, and, and ate the whole lot. And we thought, this is the end of that dog, that it survived. And it just, you know, we need to be careful what we put in. The Lord wants us to be discerning. That's not the sort of thing you have. And, and as far as danger is concerned, you, you teach your children don't touch you know hot things the fire the hot the the hot plates or whatever we we teach them to discern that you take them near the fire and say burn bernie or whatever sorry bernie (laughs) but uh, you teach and train them to be discerning we need as god's children to be discerning and as children grow up and uh, the siblings have rivalries (laughs) there's bickering there's there's backbiting there's envious treatment of one another jealousy there's disobedience to parents that they had to you have to have them to be discerning they grow up and grow with each other with regards we need to be discerning not only with regards to our spiritual maturity but with regards to our spiritual spiritual deception we need to be very careful about this in the book of Jude and verse 4 particularly in our day we need to be discerning 
as far as the deception that is around and the separation we need to have from those that are not spiritually right. Jude said in verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares. I've called them creepy men. (laughs) Crept in unawares into the fellowship who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So turning God's grace into a matter of lasciviousness and doing, well, we're allowed to do anything now. Ah, They're around still today. And we need to be spiritually discerning and say, will these mean that have crept in and say, we're allowed to do anything. The grace of God allows us to to behave as we wish and uh, his grace will cover it. Ungodly men, it says there. In Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, verse 29, the last verse, well, no, not the last, it's in the middle there. For I know this, that after my departing, Paul says, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And so here we have grievous wolves, creepy men, Grievous wolves, let's be discerning about these things. They enter in and they don't spare the flock. And I've used the illustration before of when we had sheep on the farm and the neighbourhood dogs all got in a pack and come up and attacked it and killed tens of sheep, just killed them for the fun of killing them. And these grievous wolves, spiritually speaking, come in. We need to be discerning about spiritual wolves. They're all around everywhere today. We've come to the end of the ages when all these doctrines and heresies have turned up and we need to be discerning about them. And they don't spare the flock, they'll tear them to shreds, kill them for fun. And uh, they're, they're the devil's people, but they seem to be. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. In um, Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2, listen to what it talks about them being here but there were false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you it didn't end with the early church they're still around you only have to turn on the internet and find them there you can turn on the television and find them there on sunday i think they might be there other days of the week they're false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. They have the form of godliness. Second Timothy talks about them. They, they just seem to be the part. They dress like it. They go to church. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be, shall be evil spoken of. So they're here, there and everywhere. And they're in church. They're in churches. They're in good churches. These false teachers, creepy men, grievous wolves, false teachers, yes, damnable heresies. What should we do as discerning Christians? What should we do? Well, like we tell our children or told our children when they were young, don't touch, don't touch. And it tells us very clearly not to mix with those who have false doctrine or false teachers. And listen to the verses that tell us these things. Romans sixteen seventeen says, Avoid those who cause offences and divisions are contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. It says, avoid them. It doesn't say have fellowship with them. It doesn't say to try to win them. And we are to avoid them. 
in 1 Corinthians, and we haven't time, I'd love to look at these, but 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 13, it says, Don't company with those who call themselves Christians, but commit physical or spiritual fornication or covetousness, or is an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner. And it lists a whole group there, but the first one is the fornication. Don't company with fornicators. And it tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.17, don't run, it doesn't use exactly those words, but that's what it means, don't run with those who corrupt the word of God, who twist and rest the scriptures for their own ends. We shouldn't come to the word of God to prove a point. We come to the word of God to prove where we are at and to tell us what is truth and what isn't truth. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 5. It says, Withdraw yourselves from those who say gain is godliness, from those who think big is blessed. From, and I'm not saying big is bad, but big, who say big, look at the blessing of God, because we're big, we must be blessed. Pragmatic approach to ministry. Withdraw yourself. And it says, Have no company in Second Thessalonians 3. Verses 8 to 15, have no company with those who don't work but become busybodies in the church. Don't have company with them. Don't treat them as an unsafe person, but admonish them as a brother, it says in those verses there. But don't company with them. Now, this is pretty pl- these words are pretty plain. Avoid them, don't company with them, don't run with them, have no company with them. Don't be unequally yoked together and fellowship with the unbelievers. Light with darkness, Christ with Belial. That's in First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 6 there. Don't be unequally yoked together in business and in ventures and in, in fellowship. I, the scriptures are plain. The Old Testament is full of this. Israel was corrupted because it didn't separate from those nations about them. It didn't get rid of the old world or Egypt out of their system of thinking. They wanted to go back to the world, to the unsaved people, as it were. Don't be unequally yoked. It says, turn away from the reprobate. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. Turn away. A reprobate is one who knew the truth but continually denied it and went totally away and became reprobate in their behavior. Become so bad, you shouldn't associate with that individual. Run not with your former friends. First Peter 4.4 4, Especially if they are influencing you to be worldly minded. So there's plenty of things that we need to have discernment in so that we can take action and not participate in that which God is not pleased with. You say, well, the Lord said don't judge in Matthew's gospel. He said don't judge. <laughs> no, he said that and then he went on to say, but judge righteous judgment. John seven twenty four. judge righteous judgment. First Corinthians chapter 6 in verses 2 to 5. Paul rebuked the Corinthians because, he's, and he, because they weren't judging things that were wrong in the church and they're just letting it happen in the church. They're letting worldliness to come in, false, false beliefs to come in. And Paul said to them, Isn't there a wise man among you 
who can judge between the brethren, there needs to be righteous judgment, biblically, biblically based judgment on these things. We need to have the mark of discernment as far as in regards to spiritual maturity, in regards to spiritual deception and separation, and regards to personal separation as well. First John, where we are there in chapter 2, verses 15, you know, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Personal separation from the world is an essential thing as a Christian. Listen to some of the verses, and I just read them one after the other here. Second chapter of Colossians and verse 20 and 21. This is personal separation from the world. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to it, to its ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are to perish with the using thereof. In 1 Corinthians 10.23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Hey, if it's not expedient, and if it doesn't edify, don't do it. Don't use that world. Don't abuse the world and the things of the world. It's, it's lawful, and I've had to talk to people very pointedly about this. You know, it's lawful, it's legal spiritually for you to do it, but it's, a very, it's, a, it's not expedient that you do. And if the Lord convicts you that something you're doing is not expedient, and it's not a good testimony, it's not a real bad testimony, but it's not a good testimony, don't do it. 1 Corinthians 7.31 And they that use this world is not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. 1 Peter 1.14 As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. And 1 Peter 2.11 Dearly beloved, I beseech you, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. And so there's some things we are to be discerning in, particularly the personal separation and ecclesiastical or spiritual separation. The second mark that we look at today is the mark of spiritual deliverance. The mark of spiritual deliverance. Going back to First John and chapter 5 and verses 4 and 5 of First John. We read it earlier, for whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And verse 18, the first part, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. The mark of spiritual deliverance. We have been delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death. The wages of sin is death. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. Not only physical death, but eternal spiritual death in the lake of fire as given in revelation 20 verse 14 and 15 we have been delivered from the effects of sin eternally but right now we're living in a sinful world and we still have a sinful nature an old nature and so we've been delivered from the penalty of sin through the death burial and resurrection of the lord jesus christ and a belief on him and what he's done for us but we are being delivered from the power of sin presently. And that's in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. 
Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let it, as I say, be king in your body, that ye should obey it in its lust. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And so we are being delivered from the power of sin presently. We've delivered from the penalty of sin in the past. And 1 John 3, 8 to 10 tells us, been delivered from the power of sin presently. And we are to consciously, deliberately choose to put off sin and put on righteousness. And one day we'll be delivered from the very presence of sin. The mark of spiritual deliverance from the effects of sin. You know, we don't do what we used to do. We don't want to go there anymore. The old man does, but not the new man. And one day being delivered from the very presence of sin, that is future. That's in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 through to 18, where we read there, For ye are you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the, received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself work, beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. We're different now. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may be also glorified together. One day we'll be glorified together. And we could read many verses in that chapter and other portions of Scripture. Second Corinthians 5, 1 to 10. Wonderful verses there. We'll be delivered from the very presence of sin in the future. And so we have the mark of spiritual deliverance. We're different. We're different. We're God's children. And we ought to walk as God's children, behave as God's children in this wicked world. And thirdly, there's the mark of spiritual dominion. Now, this word a dominion is not used in the verses we look at, but it's the word overcome, overcome. And back there in our, in our reading in First in John and chapter 5, and as I said, we use these again in verse 4. Chapter 5, whatever is born of God overcometh the world. This ties in with our last point. <laughs> and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And down in verse 18, in the last part of it, but he is that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one toucheth him not. We are overcomers. We are overcomers. We're not being overcome by the world all the time. We're not being suppressed by the world. We're not being pushed into its mould. Romans 12, 1 and 2. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, we read in chapter 10. And there's a few verses here. Verse 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We don't go for it. In the world, we're not warring after that. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity 
every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so we bring down, we overcome the strongholds in our mind. Victory is won for the Christian in what you think about and what we meditate upon. The strongholds of the mind, you know, this is an area we can't see, other people can't see, but you know in your heart, in your mind, what you think about and the strongholds that Satan tries to get in your mind and sin tries to get in your mind. Be an overcomer. Think on these things. Philippians tells us there's things we're to think on, think on these things. Don't think on these things. You dwell on it, you become it. As a man thinketh, In his heart, so is he, says the scripture. We have the mark of spiritual overcomers, uh, spiritual dominion. The strongholds of the mind, we, we, we grapple with that. We all grapple with what we think. And we need to get into the scripture, saturate ourselves with the word of God and meditate upon those things. Chapter 5, verse 18 that we've read in 1 John. We have dominion over one who used to be in charge of us, the old devil, Satan. We used to be his children. And we are, according to James 4, 7, to submit ourselves to the Lord and humble ourselves and we will have the victory. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. And I think we should turn to this one. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. It's an important verse that many, many years ago, decades ago, I was looking and coming to an understanding of this one who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the devil and his clutches, the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When it says he hath delivered us, that is in the aorist tense. It means a past completed action with present abiding results it doesn't change we've been once and for all delivered from being the children of the devil to being the children of the lord we are overcomers in this area we have dominion over the the old way of life and the old person that used to control us satan because we are christians and the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of Satan cannot dwell in us at the same time. And when we become Christians, we have the spirit of the Lord. Listen to what Ephesians 2, and I've been referring to this as we've been going along. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We all did this in the past. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We've been delivered from that. We have dominion. We don't, we're not overcome, but we're overcomers of the one that used to control us. And we used to be his children. In chapter 4 and verse 27 of the book of Ephesians. Let me read this one to you. Ephesians 4 and 27. Neither give place to the devil. Don't let him have a foothold. Be an overcomer. In chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians there, Paul talks about, put on the whole armour of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We are overcomers. 
through putting on the whole armor of God. Be sober, be vigilant. It tells us back in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We can be overcomers, but he wants to get a foothold in. He wants to put sin in our path. He wants to put self in our path. He wants us to be overcome by his evil temptations. But we have the mark of spiritual being spiritual overcomers and dominion over those things that once used to control us. We are to be overcomers over self as well. Dominion over self. Self-pity. Self-consciousness. Oh, I can't do that because everybody's looking at me. <laughs> Self-centeredness. What a, what a one for today. We need to be overcomers of this self thing. Self-centeredness. Self-comparing yourselves among yourselves and, and thinking I'm more important than the other brother. No. <laughs> We all have, are important to the Lord and we all have gifts differing. And uh, God wants to use us in our field of service and giftedness. The self-righteousness, oh, the Pharisees were full of it. The self-will, self-will, oh, the old will. <laughs> and we desire to go our way, to have our way in the matter and not God's way. Put to death the old man, the old self. And there's the mark of being spiritual overcomers and having dominion over the things that once used to control us is the overcomers over sin. Be overcome by the spirit and not by the sin that so did easily beset us in times past. And this is found in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That's not what the Christian should be, but that's what can be if we let it have its way. We are to be overcomers in this. Listen to what Romans 12.21 says. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Another reference, Second Peter 2.20 for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in it and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Don't have a knowledge of God, but not receive him and be overcome by the evils of the old lie. Back to the pig pen. No, don't do that. Be overcomers. In First John chapter 2. And verse 13, 1 John 2 and verse 13, it reads there, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the father. Overcome the wicked one. Overcome sin. Overcome Satan. Overcome the strongholds of the mind and first john chapter 4 and verse 4 that we've read a couple of times it wouldn't hurt to read it again for whatever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh our world even our faith are you an overcomer overcomer have you got this mark or are you being overcome by sin you know we will not commit sin in the reference in first john habitually we won't let that happen. 
If we're truly born again, it won't have the victory. We'll be overcomers. And you can read the, the uh, letters there of the churches in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. Be an overcomer. Be an overcomer. You know, the phrase being born again has become very popular. And it's imperative that we teach what the Bible teaches about the new birth, about being born again. No empty profession of faith will do. No counterfeit, no pseudo-spiritual experience will do. If one's experience of being born again does not produce the kind of life that John has talked about here, then it may be suspect, or is suspect. We have the mark of new birth which is the mark of spiritual deportment, the mark of spiritual desire, not of the world, but of the word, the mark of spiritual disposition. We love as God loved, a sacrificial love. We have the mark of spiritual discernment. We are mature and face things correctly in our Christian life. The mark of spiritual deliverance of, from sin and the mark of being spiritual, uh, having spiritual dominion. We are overcomers. If we have not got these marks in our life, as we said repeatedly last week, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Are you a truly born again Christian? Are you having the victory? Or is this world and sin and Satan and self having the victory? I pray that you have the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the challenges from First John. And I pray that if we haven't got the marks of new birth, the six marks that he pointedly points out, that we would be brave enough and honest enough to come to you in saving faith and believe and confess that we're sinners and we're not born again and I pray that we would all be who are listening today and even more that we testify to others that they be saved too bless as we go our ways this day for your glory in Jesus name Amen